You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. And welcome inside the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startville. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. It's the Monday show. Went from the Monday meltdown after Georgia scored those two runs yesterday to take the lead against State and took a 2-1 lead in the second inning. Expanded that lead to 3-1, and it was definitely going to be the meltdown after State was going to be swept at Georgia. But then, Charlie, we rally for four in the fourth, eight in the sixth. We come back and really just go crazy. Late in that game, win 20-3, and I guess it goes from the Monday meltdown to something else, Monday mashup, Monday whatever, musings, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, we got together Sunday morning, and we're talking about how Georgia had just kind of taken it to us the first two games. We played a lot better yesterday, and, hey, we hit the ball extremely well. Really, we just had one bad night at the plate this weekend, and that one bad night had a lot to do with the guy serving the baseball up there. Cannon uh, on Friday night, we said last week he was good. He's either really, really good, or we made him look really, really good, maybe a little of both. But we picked up the pieces. We The bats weren't the problem on Saturday and Sunday. No, not at all. And when you go back and look at the stats for the weekend, you know, we actually, and I know a lot of it had to do with 18 hits in the game yesterday, but you start looking at the stats for the weekend and how we did compared to other teams in the league. We actually finished the weekend with the sixth best batting average of any team in the SEC. We hit 295 on the weekend. Man, South Carolina only had 11 hits all weekend against Tennessee. Carolina hit 118 on the weekend. Missouri was swept by Vanderbilt, and Missouri hit just a buck 60. Kentucky was swept by Arkansas. They hit 202. Arkansas swept this weekend and hit 242. So while we think, man, it was just a bad weekend, at the end of the day, you and I talked about this on our Thursday Deep Dig. If you go over there and win one, that's what you have to do. We would love to have won two out of three, and looking back at it, and I think that's the thing that kind of bothers you, is knowing how close you came to winning two out of three against Georgia this weekend. Georgia's a top-20 program, man. They're a top-20 team. They've got some guys that have been in that lineup, and we talked about this for a long time now. And so winning one out of three is not terrible. That's not terrible. It's not great. But I go back beyond wins and losses. Ultimately, what you do for me at this point of the season, I just want to look at how are we playing. And I'd say the answer to that is okay at times, not so great at times. We've just got a lot of inconsistencies right now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday, about how, hey, we've had two errors on Friday, two errors on Saturday, and maybe we're not fielding the ball. Now all of, now all of a sudden – Defense is crawling into – sometimes we talk about we don't hit. Sometimes we talk about we don't pitch. And, but, man, you look at the overall stats, we got the second-best fielding percentage in the SEC right now. Timeout. We only have 11 errors. Timeout. I know what you're going with this. Fielding percentage is one of the most suspect statistics in baseball, period. Well, it's on the periphery. 
most of the time you can get somewhat of a gauge. But I understand what you're saying. It's all we talk about the term pencil whipping on a golf course. You can pencil whip somebody in errors. And the guy who ought to be having a rough Monday right now, whoever the guy is that owns the pencil down at LSU, where they got thirty something errors this year? Thirty five errors. Think about that. Thirty five errors in Baton Rouge on the season. And you start looking in the weekend. And the guy teams that are kicking it around on defensively this weekend. Auburn. Man, Auburn had a, just a terrible weekend in the field. They had eight errors. I know that LSU had six. Of course, we had, I think, five on the weekend, so not like we've got anything to laugh at others about. No, but it, it goes back to the point of, you know, we kind of hone in on us. And you start looking around and diving into some numbers. Arkansas is not hitting the ball at all right now. Some teams are not fielding the ball very well right now. And just looking at it, you know, Tennessee, to be honest with you, mm. has been the most dominant-looking team in the SEC. Now, I know what Ole Miss guys are thinking right now. You won two games at Auburn this past week. You scored, scored double-digit runs in both of those wins. Now, you gave up double-digit, and that's what's so crazy is looking at the weekend, you think Derek Diamond coming in on the season was the go-to guy for Ole Miss, and he's the guy that gets roughed up this weekend at Auburn on Friday. And, yeah, they've hit the ball extremely well. But Tennessee, to me, has looked like the more dominant team of anybody in the country. Now, Tennessee did not play as great of a non-conference schedule. They did play Texas. That's a loss. And they did go out to to Houston and play there for three games. But, man, they have looked solid so far this season. And this is a South Carolina team that they swept this weekend that won two out of three last weekend at home against Texas, who's the number two team in the country. So, that being said – I think you got a lot of average teams right now, Charlie. And we said this yesterday. Do we think Mississippi State's a good ball club right now or a great ball club right now? Not a great team, not playing great, not playing good going into yesterday. But it's a team, when you start looking up and down the SEC, you feel like this is a team that's going to compete. Do you? I mean, this we've gone from half-empty Bart to three-quarter full Bart in a hurry here. Well, 20 runs on 18 hits will do that for you. Well, it'll fill up the tank in a hurry. Yeah, so I get that, but let, let's be fair as we look at this. Okay? Are you saying I'm too volatile right now? I was too down yesterday. No, I think the issue is your mood is somewhat reflective of how we play. Some days we're kicking around. We're not making good contact. We're chasing balls out of the zone. Then other days we show what we're capable of. I think that's the big thing with this team is we've got to find some level of consistency or we're going to be terribly inconsistent in our moods from game to game. You go, but you got beat 11 to nothing in a game on Friday. Now, that wasn't as bad as it seemed. We let that one go at some point. It was 4 to nothing in the seventh inning. We, then we kick it around. We don't play well in the ball game on Saturday. Well, let me take that back. You hit it well. But if you go back, that's a game where we could come up with half a dozen examples of if we make a play, then we win that game. And we didn't make the play, any of the plays that we needed to make to win it. We weren't playing winning baseball. Sunday, granted, we did. I'm not down on this team necessarily. And I don't I, – I am a little bit – I did laugh, though, because I saw somebody, you know, they were saying, well, you know, Ron Polk always said you just had to, to win one out of two on the road, something like that. Take two out of three at home, one out of two on the road. Well, that makes you a 500 team when you're all said and done, doesn't it? It does. But I, I think this, too. And I think when you start looking at who you're playing, 
Now, when when you get in the SEC West, I don't see any dogs in the SEC West. And I know some people would say you're going to play one this weekend, but Alabama's not a bad team. They they took Texas on the brink. They came from behind and won in a walk-off game yesterday. They relinquished the lead in the game on Friday. And so you look on paper and you say, man, hey, this is a time because – to be quite honest with you, Alabama and Brad Bohannon in that program have just not lived up to any kind of expectations at all in the past two, three years. But they're not a bad team. So what you'd like to say is, hey, you go on the road and you lose two out of three to a team like Georgia, that's okay. But if you come back home and you sweep Alabama. All right, but see, that's that's the problem with the hypothetical, right? Right. And because so, nobody wants to say that you got to sweep at home. They say we got to take two out of three. All right, so you take two out of three at home, and now you're a 500 team. And if you do, your next weekends, Arkansas, mm, LSU, mm, Auburn, mm, better than we thought, Ole Miss. Finally, you get Missouri, but then you get Florida, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. It's a tough schedule. And the best of all of those, I go back to it, may be the last one against Tennessee. You know, Arkansas, we were swept at home last year. Now we go up there. Our pitching has not been great. Their bad air hitting has not been good at all at Arkansas. And so that's the thing that you you wonder about coming up. I, I think you can throw a lot of teams in a hat right now, I guess is what I'm saying. And we say that all football season, is you've got a bunch of teams that are going to be jumbled together, and who gets hot at the end of the year? I think that's going to be another key this year. Now, the negative is, and we could debate this point all season long, and we, I mean, I could probably – here's the thing about debates with me, Charlie. You can make stats – mean anything you want and I can give you stats to make an unpopular decision popular what hurts you more Landon Sims not being here or Stone Simmons not being here and I know the obvious says the answer is yes the obvious is Landon Sims of course but you start thinking about it man let me tell you this past weekend over at Georgia you can't tell me say what if you go out there with Jonathan Cannon against Landon Sims on Friday night and you lose a three to two ball game but you could use Stone Simmons Saturday and yesterday. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, that's two ball games. You yeah. see what I'm saying? It's, I mean, you can make the point. I mean, I know this is a crazy statement to make. You can make the point the Stone Simmons injury may hurt you a little bit worse right now. Yeah, you can make that if you want to be dumb. But that's okay. You, you go ahead. I'm not <laughs> fully making the point. I'm just saying I can understand people making this, that point. I almost said stupid point. But, if, like I said, if Stoneman Simmons pitches this past weekend in two games, you could win Saturday and Sunday. What is it that you always say, though, Bart, baseball is sequential? And they, they all relate to the other is the problem. Because once you have moved Landon Sims out of the lineup, now that puts Preston Johnson in the starting lineup, Casey Hunt being out forces him in. Hey, so let's talk about this one second. That is the rotation. This is one of the great discussions that keeps going on on Twitter and in focus groups, things like that. What is your take? I will tell you mine. Okay, here's what I would do to the rotation coming up this weekend. Nothing. I would leave it just where it is. And and I'm going to push on that point right now. And first of all, let's give our player of the weekend by Heartland Catfish. Our player of the weekend offensively and on the pitching staff 
Brought to you by Heartland. Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly find. You can find them at all the Jim and Nick's locations throughout the southeast. Jim and Nick's, it's not just about the barbecue. You can have the catfish, too. The catfish, the catfish sandwich, at all of Jim and Nick's throughout the southeast. And if you went to Athens this weekend, I hope you stopped through and went to Jim and Nick's. And I actually went to Jim and Nick's on Tuesday over in Birmingham. And so Jim and Nick's is great barbecue, but, man, let me tell you something. The catfish on the menu is fantastic, and it's produced by our good friends at Heartland Catfish, Heartland over in Itabina, Mississippi. And the player of the weekend, I'm going to start with a pitcher, and I'm going to say Cade Smith. And Cade Smith. And you would be right. And I would be, would be right. And here's why I would keep Cade Smith on Sunday is because, you know, yesterday, it's one of those deals where Scott Foxhall – and Chris Lamonis could walk up to Cade and say, let me tell you something. We'd love to have seven out of you. we got to have six. And let me tell you, in this game and in this league, knowing that you've got that much weight on your shoulders and what he did yesterday, went out through 106 pitches in six innings, gave up three runs on eight hits with five strikeouts. Hey, let me tell you something. That cat did his job this weekend. I think we could have a fairly healthy discussion about who ultimately was better. Preston Johnson or Cade Smith. Preston Johnson had some some good numbers. I, I, again, I go with Cade Smith because I thought Cade Smith took the mound in a ball game that you just had to win. So I, I agree. But let's flip to Preston Johnson a little bit. He's going to be remembered for taking that loss on Friday. He didn't pitch bad. You know, gave up three runs, only walked one, struck out ten. Only gave up, what, five hits in the ball game? In six innings. So, Preston Johnson wasn't bad either. Fair to say? Oh, no, not at all. And the reason I go with Cade Smith is he really settled in after he gave up the three runs. And then the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings, he allowed you to expand the lead. And I thought that's why Cade was so good. But going back to your point about Preston, I mean, you could choose Preston and be okay with it. If you look in the last three starts for Preston Johnson, 29 strikeouts, four walks, in his last three starts. And in those three games, 18 innings of work, 17 hits. So he's given up a hit per inning, eight earned runs, and so his ERA is okay. But here's what's crazy about the 29 strikeouts, Charlie. Out of the 29 strikeouts in the last three starts for Preston Johnson, 25 have been swinging. And so what does that tell you? That tells you Hitters are not being fooled by pitches. You see that with strikeouts looking. Guys, his throwing balls and mixing things up. He's got two pitches working, and all of a sudden you catch guys guessing. 25 of 29 tells me they may be seeing it out of the hand, and his stuff is just that good. And so when you say you're, you're not fooled by him, what you're referring to is it's not a situation where you're expecting fastball, you get a curveball, and you're locked up. It's basically a situation where you're getting the pitch you think you're getting. You just can't hit it. That's pretty much what – and there's going to be situations where you're looking fastball and you get slider down and you're going to chase. Yeah, you have those situations. But 25 of 29 swinging. And I, I actually sent a text to a couple coaches today and said, hey, what does that tell me? And they both said the same exact thing. That dude's stuff is good right now. And so you see him out on the mound. You see him show, showing zero emotion. And then you start looking at the numbers of what he's done. I mean, you just don't think of Preston Johnson just by just by looking at him out there, the way he handles himself. This is not a knock on Preston at all. He just kind of handles everything with a very mature 
sense of being out on the mound. But, man, his stuff is good. It is. Now, there's one thing that's kind of creeping in, and I hate to think of Jamie Moyer right now. <laughs> well, Preston Johnson would love to pitch to age 49. Yeah. So the the issue here is, help me out here, but I think we're talking six straight games now that he's allowed a home run. That's right. Last How do you year. reconcile that? How do you reconcile a guy with a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swing and miss, but then at least won a game giving up the home run? What What does that tell you? Is that telling you that, that his good pitch is fastball and sometimes you're just going to catch up to it? I mean, you start thinking about it. How many of those home runs have been on breaking balls that's been hung? That's something that we can go back and take a look at, look at all the home runs he's given up. But last year in 33 innings of work, he only gave up four home runs. This year in 28 innings of work, five fewer innings pitched, he's given up six home runs. He's given up a home run in every single outing this year against Long Beach State in relief, and then his four starts. He's given up at least one home run. So, yeah, six consecutive games he's given up the home run. What does that tell you? Well, I do. I want to go back and look at those. Ultimately, it tells me, I think, what you said, which is a guy's got a good fastball. Now and then you're going to run into him. Like we even saw that with Ethan Small sometimes, right? He'd start a game and strike out, strike out, strike out. Then next thing you know, some guy's laced one in the gap. Now and then, if you're swinging at strikes, you're going to hit one. I want to go back and look, though, to see how many of those. Is he just making a couple of mistakes and getting punished for them? Or you know, he's missing a spot, leaving a ball up, or what's happening? I don't know. That may be a good project for our deep dig is to figure out what is it that's allowing those home runs i kind of tend to believe your theory but i I gotta dig into that we need an intern that's what we need we need somebody we need an intern that could go in and just look at all the stuff we're so busy if we just had somebody we could send a text to and say okay go and look at that all right so let's look back on friday is that me being lazy no i think i'd love an intern an unpaid intern. The home run that he allowed on Friday was on an 0-1 pitch. Okay. That doesn't tell you whether it's a fast. You know, if it's 2-0, it may tell you it's a fastball. If it's 3-1, it may tell you it's a fastball. 0-1 doesn't tell me a whole lot. No, it doesn't. So that's that's going to be a bookmark right there as we dig into the why is Preston Johnson striking out a lot of guys, not walking many, but giving up the consistent one home run. All right, so we talk about our pitcher of the week being Cade Smith and Preston Johnson being the 1A. But Cade gets the trophy this week. He gets the big piece of chicken, all right? So who are you talking about as far as your player of the week offensively? This, of course, brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. I think we could have a healthy debate about this, but for me, it's got to be R.J. Yeager. Yeager actually led the league in RBIs this weekend, nine RBIs on the weekend, couple of home runs. We said, and this goes back to, you know, what's a bright spot for this team? When we sat here a couple of weeks ago, you're saying you don't know who's in right, you don't know who's at second. I think we know who's at second right now. R.J. Yeager had nine RBIs coming in on the season before this weekend in 17 games, right? And he has just that many this weekend against Georgia. And, of course, he had the big Grand Slam home run. That was a big one on Saturday. Had two home runs in that game. He had a big single in the game yesterday. Uh, That game was tied up 3-3. And then, uh, actually, that actually tied the game, that single to left field. Then Leggett came up right after that with a double. 
and we take a 5-3 lead. And that was, you know, early in the ball game. But Jaeger kind of kept that inning going there. But, yeah, and I think this team is getting hotter. Hey, we had some we had some massive shots yesterday. Cumbas had a big home run. Hunter Hines had a big home run. So, yeah, I go, you know, R.J. Yeager is probably your player of the weekend, even though Brad Cumbas had a better batting average. He was 6 for 13 on the weekend, hit a massive home run. Brad's now got six home runs on the season, 19 RBIs for Cumbas. He's still your team's leading hitter. Well, he and Cameron James are identical, 24 hits and 74 bats, both those guys hitting 324. Now, the slugging percentage for Cumbas compared to Cam is 649 to 378. But the on-base percentage, Cameron James, 448, Brad Cumbas, 354. I would love to see some of the track man data on Cam James because what I would love to know is, is he swinging a little defensively and we're not seeing a lot of strong contact? Or is he just unlucky, kind of just hitting the ball at guys, not finding the gaps? That's going to be something to watch right now, just two extra base hits out of his 24. So he'd love to know what goes into that. To me, that's fascinating. Here's a guy who hit 12 home runs last year, 24 hits, one double, and then one home run. Now, he only has nine RBIs, but here's what I would say about that. He's been hitting in that second spot, and we haven't been getting the leadoff man on until here recently. Hey, and talk about that, Jess Davis this weekend in the leadoff spot. Yeah, Jess was pretty good in the leadoff spot this weekend of just getting on base. Then that's the key, right? Just get on base. Goes back to the point on that Friday night game. The nine-hole hitter for Georgia doesn't have a hit, but he scores three times. He just got on base. We haven't talked about this before, but I want to run one past you. If I were – because you made the – you gave a question out earlier about, you know, who hurts worse – Stone Simmons or Landon Sims, and I think the answer is both. But here's one for you. Would you consider moving R.J. Yeager to shortstop? you got a guy right now who's hitting at 286, hasn't committed an error in the field. Do you have more options of guys that you could play at second than you do at short? And if you have to solidify a position on your infield, isn't shortstop one that you just can't keep having a revolving door over there? Well, and he was a guy who was all-conference shortstop at Mercer, too. Yeah, it's not like he hadn't done it before. No, he hasn't done it before. And, you know, and I, I we've brought up this point a couple of times, and maybe there's an answer. There may be an answer. I mean, people may listen to this who are associated with the team and say, man, I don't know what Bart and Charlie are thinking. But right now, essentially, what you're saying is, and, hey, I know Leggett had a double yesterday. Well, but, let uh, me but, rephrase it. But are you, but are you saying – that you trust the bat right now of Leggett and Forsyth more than you do Slate Offord. Because I bring up the point again, and like I said, I may be completely off base by asking this question of moving Cam James to second base and bringing Slate Offord in to play at third. I guess I would say it this way. This is not calling for anybody to be benched anything else. Here's, here is just my point, though. So far, we have not been willing to commit to either Leggett or Forsyth. Neither You never know when you pick up the lineup which is going to be there. have no idea who's going to start in that game on Wednesday. And, of course, by the way, that game has been moved from Tuesday to Wednesday against Southern. But I have no idea who's going to play either Leggett or Forsyth. Yeah, so this is not a I'm calling for somebody to be benched. I guess I've always been a little bit of a guy who just thinks that if nothing else on your infield, you need to know who your shortstop is. And of those guys right now, the guy who's hitting the ball, who looks to be good defensively, who's played there before, R.J. Yeager. So, 
again, I'm not sure it's the right move to make. I don't know who you would put it second, but I go back to your hypothetical. Think about the possibilities it opens up. So if you play Jaeger at shortstop, now you've got the option of moving Cam James to second, playing Slade Alford. You've still got the option of playing Leggett. You, you still got the option of playing Forsyth. I presume he can play second base. But you also have the option of kind of working some other guys through there, maybe an Aaron Downs, depending on what the matchups are and things like that. So, anyway, just something to play with. I'm not not sold on it, but I just want to say, if we roll out there Wednesday and Jaeger's your shortstop. How much has the fruit basket turnover hurt you defensively from a standpoint of turning double plays? We've turned the fewest double plays of any team in the SEC. We've only turned seven this year. Is a lot of that the byproduct of you know pitching up in the zone? And I think most of it is the byproduct of pitching up in the zone with fastballs. You don't get as much ground ball action. But we've only turned seven double plays this year. Now, Tennessee's turned nine, South Carolina's turned nine, and LSU has only turned nine. But we've turned seven. You look at Arkansas, they've turned 18. Alabama's turned 17. Auburn's turned 16. But you kind of know with Brad Bohannon and Butch Thompson what that's about. It's about pitching down in the zone with sink and getting more ground ball double plays. And I think that also goes back to the question we asked just a minute ago about Preston Johnson giving up home runs. Is that just kind of who you are as a pitching staff of, hey, we're going to try to throw something by you up in the zone. Well, and I haven't seen the, the latest breakdown on fly ball ground balls from this weekend. But it doesn't seem like we've gotten a lot of double play opportunities either. Not a ton of ground balls when we needed one. No, not at all. And that's another great project for an intern. How much does this internship pay, by the way? May I might be signing up. You might be signing up? Well, I mean, it's coming out of your check. Oh, well, in that case. Okay. All right, Charlie, at the end of the day, we talked about it. Not being swept on the weekend, that's a big factor. You had three teams that swept this weekend, only one in the West. Arkansas won all three games this weekend against Kentucky. They beat Kentucky 6-2. to two. Nine to three and three to one. And as we said, they only hit two forty two this weekend, but they're the only team that sweeps this weekend. Ole Miss and Texas A and M. Ole Miss goes on the road to Auburn. A and M goes on the road to LSU. Well, A and M almost swept LSU. They had a six to two lead in the middle innings yesterday. LSU came back and salvaged the game. And so you've got one team, Arkansas three and Ole Miss and A and M are both two and one. And then Bama, Auburn, LSU, and us are one and two in the SEC West. Over on the eastern side, Vanderbilt swept Missouri this weekend, so they didn't do a whole lot. Tennessee swept South Carolina this weekend. And so that, to me, was kind of impressive. Tennessee is 17-0 and at home this year. By the way, Vanderbilt has won 16 in a row. Tennessee has won 11 in a row overall. Florida losing yesterday to Alabama. They fought a 2-1. and one. Georgia 2-1. and one. And then you've got Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, all 0-3 in the SEC after one weekend. And this coming weekend, it sets up. you got Georgia at Kentucky, Alabama here at State. Arkansas is at Missouri. LSU and Florida should be an interesting series down in Gainesville. Vanderbilt's at South Carolina. Auburn at Texas A&M. And how about this matchup? Tennessee in Oxford against Ole Miss. Learned a lot about both those teams this weekend, I think. By the way, you have not mentioned yet that we have a new basketball coach here at Mississippi State. Is it because we don't talk about basketball? I'm wondering, can we, can we take that restriction off now? Can you, can you feel a little bit of excitement for a little while? I haven't met the guy yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, hey, let me tell you this. The people I talk to 
and, and I actually have a couple friends out in Las Cruces who have both said, hey, y'all are going to like this guy. I mean, the guy can flat out coach. I think the thing that Chris Jans has shown he can do is, one, recruit the transfer portal. He can recruit overall, period. And the guy's a good floor coach. Tell you the thing I love, watching that UConn game that New Mexico State played, those guys had no backup in them at all. They played hard, but there was a sequence about, I don't know, 25 seconds to go. New Mexico State's up three. They get a steal. What are you supposed to do right there? Hold the basketball, get foul, go to the line. And instead, they take it, go like one-on-two for an attack at the goal for a layup, make it, fortunately, and get fouled. Now, look over there at Jans. He's just kind of laughing. But you know he's thinking. That's one guy who's really lucky that ball went in. You know, you go down there and blow the layup and give the ball right back to him. <laughs> that's a mess. But I thought that showed kind of how how that team played. It reminds me of one of my favorite George Carl quotes. You remember George Carl, don't you? Oh, yeah. Coached the Supersonics when there was such a thing. And he used to tell his team, I want you to play out of control and I'll pull you back. He said, you always want a team that you got to put the reins on, not one you got to, you know, kind of kick into action. And it looked like his team was that way. Back when the NBA was the NBA, man. It seemed like every single team had one guy that you thought of, okay? When you thought of, of course, the Celtics, you had Bird, McHale, those guys. DJ, you had Ainge. But, you know, with the Lakers, Irish. you had oh, Kareem. You had and Utah, you had Stockton and Malone. Malone. With the Supersonics, Seattle Supersonics, you had Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> I was going to go Sean Kemp, but that's okay. Yeah, Sean Kemp's okay, but I was thinking Detlef Shrimp. All right, I'll play along. The Atlanta Hawks, remember you had Tree Rollins? Kevin Willis. And then Wilkins. Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, I miss the NBA of my youth. Of course, Jordan, of course, along with Pippen. Hey, Pippen's son can play too. Yeah. He's got a little bit of skill. Boy, it has not been a great week for SEC basketball overall, though, has it? No, it hasn't. Auburn getting sent home. I don't know what that – I don't know what you can take from that long term. Probably not that much. NCAA tournament's just such a weird creature. It is, and it is in baseball too. And, I mean, the teams that get uh, get hammered out are the teams that are inconsistent. You know who's not inconsistent? Who is that? Every time you put a piece of country pleasing on the grill, it has consistency. Every time. If I put one on the grill today, I put one on the grill next week. It's going to taste the same. It's going to be great every time. And all their products have great consistency. They're all good. Every line of country pleasing sausage – Fantastic, made right here in the state of Mississippi, down on Highway 49 at Country Meat Packers in Florence. And so go by and see our good friends Henry Cooper at the butcher shop. Man, they do it right. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Can I tell you the, the flavor that's been making a run at my house lately is the three cheese. Yeah. You know, we've always been the big jalapeno cheddar, but we got the three cheese in the rotation, and it is kind of, been rocketing up the rankings here as of late. That's a good one. So yeah, is a black pepper cheddar. I've gotten like I like that one a lot. All right, big weekend coming up. We'll have plenty of time to break it down. I thought here's my overall takeaway from the weekend. Again, I'm not one of these people who says, "Hey, you took one on the road. That's great." I'm a little bit more of you took one on the road. We can live with that. What you can't live with is going zero and three, and because the schedule's just too tough. The league is too tough. You don't want to be in that spot. 
The other thing about it is I'd feel much worse if we'd only taken one out of three at home. We can't come in here next Monday and say, well, we took one. We're okay. No, we won't say that. No, you you got to grab two. Would you take right now if I said I, I'm giving you two out of three, you don't even play the games, would you take that deal? I don't know if I would. Playing for the sweep. We've got to sweep somebody in Alabama's. Got Alabama and Missouri. That's the most likely candidates, isn't it? You would have to think. So, yeah, let's play ball and see what happens. No doubt. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our fine sponsors. Farm Bureau, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. By the way, I locked up the Manhattan studios yesterday on the way out. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents in all 82 counties in the state of Mississippi. Our good friends at Heartland Catfish, Heartland the finest produced U.S. farm-raised catfish you can find anywhere. And, of course, you can find it at Jim and Nick's Barbecue throughout the southeast. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage and Bank First, a better way to bank, bankfirstfs.com for any of your lending needs whatsoever. Charlie, I didn't buy a studio. I just leased one. Well, as long as it's short-term rate, we should be okay. We can send the intern up there next time. That's right. Hey, enjoyed it as always. We'll be back Wednesday for Out of Left Field. You're happier today than you were yesterday, by the way. I'm not fighting New York traffic. Well, that probably helps. Hey, and we got to win. If nothing else, here's the one good thing. Last thought, Bart. It's more than getting a win because you at least put up some numbers. I've always thought if you're a hitter, it just re- it, you can't get away from that number on the board out there. When you come up there and you got like a 187 staring you in the face, it doesn't matter how hard you've hit the ball, how well you've played. I think some of our guys will at least be able to go to the plate and have a better number staring them at the face. Put yeah. anything into that? I, I believe I believe that wholeheartedly. I think they'll feel a lot better. I think I was so, so upset yesterday because I didn't have good coffee. I think that was my problem. I didn't have good strength. Gregory's brew. coffee just wasn't the same as Strange Brews. No, it wasn't. Me. All right. Hey, enjoyed it. We'll be back on Wednesday. Appreciate you guys listening. <laughs>